Welcome to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And today we, we've got multiple topics, Cindy, don't we? Yes, I'm excited. That's because there's a whole lot going on. Spring is coming and mm-hmm. and uh, and Easter is coming. And those who celebrate Easter, there's always something of a, a feast around that. We wanted to talk about menus for, for that that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And then the first soft-shell crabs are coming. Didn't you just get some in this past week? Oh, yes. We're so excited to see the first ones come in. You're never really quite sure when you'll you'll see the beginning of them uh, in the springtime. Uh, we did get some up from South Carolina, which was nice of them to share with us <laughs> up here in Maryland. Oh, they don't uh, know what not, to do with them. We're not quite, uh, we're not quite ready f- uh, up here, but uh, hopefully soon. And, um, yeah, so we served uh, probably three flats of soft shells over the weekend, which is uh, over 100 soft shell crabs. And uh, we deep fry them, uh, lightly lightly dust them with cornmeal, all-purpose flour, a little bit of salt, a little bit of uh, cayenne pepper, and um, they go into buttermilk first, then into that breading procedure, and then they're deep fried in peanut oil. And it usually takes about two two and a half minutes um, for whales to cook in that, and um, we serve it with a cucumber and upland crest salad, tossed with a little extra virgin olive oil and salt and pepper, and lemon brown butter. Does that mean you want to begin with soft shell crabs? Kind of sounds like you do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so <laughs> many <laughs> there's so many different things we can do with them. How it's do you like to mind. serve them? No, I'm a local boy. I'm I'm a sucker for a soft shell crab sandwich. Um, lightly fried in the way that you're talking about, but let let me have it on a, a brioche bun or a potato roll or uh, just really like crusty toasty bread. I love and, potato rolls. Uh, yeah, lettuce and tomato and and whatever sort of like mayo mustard variation you can come up with, throw it in there. And yes, I'll throw pickles in mine because that's just I don't I don't know exactly why. I think it's because my great grandmother always served pickles with soft crabs. She would pan fry. That's nice. That sounds good. You know, you know, if you if you want, you can, as you said, pan fry them. So it, you know, not everybody has a deep fat fryer at their house. So um, if you're sautéing them, they're going to or in sorry, pan frying them in uh, a neutral oil, it is going to take longer because they're not immersed. The whole thing is not cooking at the same time. Yeah, sometimes people are a little confused the difference between sauteing and pan frying something. So Mm. saute means uh, high heat, little fat, uh, or to jump. So, you know, you're thinking, and not always high heat, but, you know, you do think of a a small, really small enough uh, amount of fat just to coat the pan and to keep the product from sticking to the pan uh, in an open slope-sided pan. That's sautéing. And then frying is typically immersion in fat. Um, But when you do a a pan uh, frying, obviously you can't fill up a pan like that with uh, so much oil. So you are shallow, basically shallow frying. So you're maybe in a, you know, just a bit more fat than you would to coat the pan. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you're, you're doing enough to cook one side nicely and then flip it and cook the other side nicely. That's honestly... Exactly. You know, once, once you have good exactly coloring right. on both sides. Now, one thing, since not everyone is from Maryland, mm-hmm. um, poor I'm souls. Not. I'm not. No. So when you came here, you had to learn how to clean soft shell crabs before you serve them. 
So you want to you want to talk through <laughs> what has to be done? You're suggesting that I'd never cleaned a soft shell crab before I lived not. in Maryland. Of course not. <laughs> well, let's pretend that's accurate. You were living okay. in uncivilized places like North Carolina, like South Carolina, or Indiana. North Car <laughs> oh boy! All Come right. on. Well, I can promise you, I never saw soft shell crab in Indiana. That would be the truth. But we did have them in in Charleston, of course. Yeah, they're fun to clean. I mean, if you well, I guess I, I think should. Fun is an interesting word. Maybe for that's this, not Cindy. the right word because <laughs> you are uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, doing something that I don't really feel like having to say out loud, but yeah, you do have to cut off the front, and you should do that first. I, mm -hmm. I'm not going to use the word. I know, you, I know you want to, but um, no. so you have to cut off a little bit of that front, and then when you are doing that, you need to go inside that with your scissors, and you need good sharp scissors to do this. Um, and when you go inside, you want to cut, cut that pocket that's in there because that is one of the things, one of the many possibilities for popping. Um, that's the thing about, uh, you know, frying on a stove and doing it um, in a pan versus deep fat frying somewhere away from you where you can easily walk away from it. Um, they do pop and it's, it's water, natural water occurring in the soft shell and the fat. And uh, that, you know, I've had many, I mean, I watched one of my cooks have to turn away from the fryer probably about a hundred times uh, over the weekend because of almost every single one will do that. So just be, please be very, very careful. Um, to to, anyway, be, to so be more specific, hang on, I've got to stop you. One, the phrase you're trying to avoid using is you have to cut their face off on the crabs. Right. And right. two, then once you cut their face off, you have to poke in with the scissors <laughs> and cut that pocket, right? Well, I'd want people to understand. It's not like yes. there's a demo video. Okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and so I know which I know you would be annoyed with me, so I have to say it. Mm -hmm. So please proceed. So the you on the back is is uh, basically what tells you if it's a female or a male, and um, that part on the very back of the soft shell, you can lift it up and and snip that off, and then you lift up either side, and you want to remove the lungs. Um, those are not something you want to eat not desirable to eat in any way. And um, yeah, so they look like little feathery things. So just trim all of those off at the base, um, down to the base. And um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, take the yeah. the thing off the back, the, the lungs out and cut the front off and hit that pocket so you don't get burned. And that's it. And um, obviously you don't want to do that until you're ready to eat them. And you want them to be alive when you buy them. Um, they, they need to be alive. And, and they will, if it's really cold, they tend to, you know, be slow moving. So they may not be super active, um, you know, because obviously they need to be coming from someplace that's very, a refrigeration unit that's very cold. Um, so yeah, just uh, make sure they are alive before you purchase them. And then you want to eat them right away. Uh, that is not something, you know, you want to have in your refrigerator for several days. You, you want them to be fresh and healthy and alive. So my, my daughters have not yet had a soft shell crab. Okay. And I've told them that in the next few weeks, we're going to eat some big crispy spiders. Ew. Oh, God. I didn't expect you And to say I have that. one daughter who's like, that's oh. terrible. Oh, yeah. And the other daughter is like, great. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. children are different. Yeah. All so right. we'll, we'll, we'll see who likes it and how much they like it. I mean, oh, the, I, bet, I hope they love them. They're so I gotta, great. When you see the leg sticking out of a sandwich when you're a kid, or I know for me, it's like, I don't know if I trust that. And then you just go ahead and take the bite because <laughs> you don't want to get whacked by your great-grandmother. And and, well, uh, and you find out, okay, oh, this is crispy and sweet and good. awesome. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what it is. It's a very pleasing eat, you know? There's yeah. nothing strong or weird or about it. You know, it's not like you're eating a poise cheese for the first time. 
you know, and you're like, oh my, that doesn't smell so good. It doesn't look so good, but, and it's a little strongly flavored on the palate. Epoise cheese, that is. All right. Now, if, you're, if you're saucing a soft shell crab, there's kind of mm-hmm. two paths to go, right? Uh-huh. You know, you're, you're, you're going, well, I mean, I guess you could do some more complete thought sauce. What, what, do, what do you think? You know, I, I like the idea of it having, for sure, either or both lemon and lime juice. I mean, I just, you know, it's just the perfect accompaniment. I mean, you could just even squeeze fresh lime, lemon juice over a soft shell crab and call it a day. You don't have to put a sauce on there. But, um, you know, I like, you know, how we make the cucumber and upland crest salad. I like the idea of making uh, a, a little relish with finely chopped, you know, what we call a brunoise, which is the smallest of dice, uh, brunoise of cucumber. So I always peel my cucumbers before I work with them. I don't think you really enjoy that waxy outside. So uh, we peel them. And if you use a European cucumber, uh, they have very few seeds inside and they're quite edible. If you use a regular uh, sort of, you know, big fat cucumber, I would cut them, I would peel them, cut them in half, use a soup spoon or a serving spoon and just scoop out the seeds and then dice it. Um, it needs salt. Cucumber really, really likes salt. Uh, a, a, probably a neutral oil. You could use canola or you could use a really mild extroversion olive oil and uh, maybe a little bit of shallot, a little bit of chives, um, that fresh lime juice and lemon juice, maybe cilantro. If you like cilantro, finely chopped cilantro would be great in there. Or basil, finely chopped basil. Um, and just, you know, have this crunchy, wonderful, really appealing a component to the soft shell that goes perfectly with it. Um, or you can do a mayonnaise, a mayonnaise based sauce too, which is probably pretty, I would expect that might be common here. Is it? Yeah. I mean, it what honestly simple aioli or, uh, you know, your, your old Baltimore crab cake sandwiches would have like that, that, uh, like really hot, like Coleman's mustard or something like that mm-hmm. on there. Yeah. That gets your good. attention. Um, good. It's funny, the thing I've been fantasizing about this year with soft shells, you used to make um, a grilled tomato vinaigrette some years ago. I, I forget what dish it was for, um, uh-huh. where you had just a little bit of light smoke to it, and you have the as- natural acid of the tomato there. There's a little bit of, uh, a, a, I think it's a little bit of shallot and chive, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't, yeah, I think you could use any, any number of herbs, whether it's basil, cilantro. Um, or even tarragon, maybe. But that just laid out on a plate with a crispy soft shell on it so that when you took bites, you could drag it through and maybe you put, you know, maybe there's a crunchy salad or something on the plate with that. that that's kind of what's been in my head. Yeah, that I always made that because I would make it with tomatoes that were too soft. They weren't pretty to slice or they were just too soft to be in gazpacho. Um, or, you know, the tomato salad or whatever we were using them for. And yeah, just putting uh, the big fat slices on the grill uh, pretty quickly. So just lightly rub with uh, corn oil, season them with salt and pepper, put them on the grill, get them off. You know, I mean, you're talking seconds basically on the grill. If you have a wood wood grill, wow, that, that's what really is great. Um, just as you say, imparts that nice smoke to it. And then and then just put it on your cutting board, get get a hold of all that juice, don't lose any of the juice, chop it uh, fine, and then mix it with whatever it is that you want to mix it with. Um, I also used to puree that in the blender as well. And I think that might actually be what you remember because that was a long time ago that I used to do it that way. And what's fun about that is it's pureed and now you can easily drag the soft shell through that. It's a little bit easier to eat than perhaps a chopped relishy sort of, uh, you know, 
product. And um, yeah, it's bright and fresh and delicious. And you can emulsify in some oil into that as you're blending. That's good. It, the, the preparation of the sauce definitely guides me wine-wise what I want to do with it. And I totally respect that just wanting to have like a light, clean beer with a you know, soft-shell sandwich. That's mm-hmm. fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. And I also, I'm happy to land on the side of uh, putting a piece of bacon on that soft-shell sandwich. Oh, that sounds good. That's, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's kind of, it can be, it can, if it's too much or too big, it's a little dominating, but it, it's still pretty fun that way. You know, you were talking about mayonnaise and you said aioli. Um, I also make uh, sort of a more traditional, the old type of tartar sauce in French cooking with cornichon, finely chopped pickles. Um, that has whole grain mustard, um, a little bit of finely chopped parsley, and lemon juice. And that that's a lot of fun to... Uh, that would yeah, be very, very sweet tart sauce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, wine, wine's dictated by that. So like if you're having something like that tartar sauce, You'd want like a big body, a slightly off dry Alsace Riesling. Mm, if you're having it so with uh, like the lemon brown butter that you'd like to serve it with, <laughs> uh, then honestly, uh, a glass of Sancerre, a glass of uh, Chablis would mm. be great. Okay. Um, if, it's a, if it's a more elaborated sauce, let's say it's uh, um, Tarragon Blanc or something like that. Then, uh, then, then that's your excuse for a glass of champagne, you know, and and, and something light and and happy, you know, lanson or uh, mm-hmm. or maybe even toastier, gosset, something like that. Paul Roger. Oh, ooh, that sounds yeah. good. That would be fun. Well, you know, but, also another little quick salad could be Napa cabbage. Um, I think that's also kind of something folks like here, especially, is cabbage with their crabs. So, and and you could somehow incorporate that into your sandwich as well, or you could just do a salad underneath. Um, but another good thing there is that that whole grain mustard mayonnaise with a little bit of lemon juice in it, and you want to salt the cabbage and pepper the cabbage. I would julienne it pretty fine, and then toss it with the mayonnaise. And that way, uh, it, you've kind of done it all. You don't you now you don't need a sauce. All you need is that beautifully, you know beautifully cooked soft shell crab in that Napa cabbage slaw. I think in my purest dreams of like perfect, very lightly, you know, <laughs> battered soft shell crab on a plate, uh-huh. like in a, in, in a white room with black ceiling and very dim lights, you know, my, my crab <laughs> romance moment would include, yeah, it's, it's probably a little creepy <laughs> to say it that way, would, would be to include a glass of Muller Turgau uh, which is uh, Central European grape, oh. very light, very clean. Uh, the wine has almost no color to it. Um, it it's it's uh, almost just like a, a very gentle glass of white flowers, just like incredibly charming with the sweetness of the crab. Where is and that from? Just enough acidity. Uh, you can find it from a couple of a couple of areas, uh, from the the northern part of the Alto Adige in Italy, mm. uh, in an area called the Valle di Zarco. Uh, all the way up near the Brenner Pass, close to Austria and the Tyrol. Okay. Um, that 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 very cool region. That, that's beautiful stuff. Or across the border, but it, it's I, I like it best from uh, that part of the Alto Adige. Beautiful. Yeah. So now that's I'm going to have to think about that. I need a little bit of quiet time. So we'll take a break on informal wolf on food and wine, <laughs> and when we come back, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Easter feasting. On Formula Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPR. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Foreman the Wolf on Food and Wine. This is Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're, we're moving on to Easter now. We're talking about Easter as a feast. Easter was a big deal. When we go, and I mean, food-wise, like in the family, you know, if, if I think about like going back in the, in the way, way back machine, wasn't that a big deal oh, for huge. your family? Oh, it, it was, yes, very, you know, we, and we, and the whole thing was, obviously it's a, an important religious holiday, um, but, uh, you know, we always got a new dress for Easter for, for service and, um, you know, and all the fun things you get to do as a kid, get an Easter basket when you wake up and go Easter egg hunting. And it's just, it's a fun holiday for kids if you celebrate it. So it's a lot going on. But yeah, the the the, the lunch after church was huge. And, you know, family would be there. So, you know, you, that, that's always fun to see your aunts and your uncles and your grandma, grandpa. I, I have a, a couple of strong memories about being very small at Easter. One was the Easter egg hunt would never end. <laughs> would never end. And my dad finally came clean. He's like, I would do a dozen eggs, and then I would every time you collected them, I would just take them out of the basket and hide them when you weren't looking. <laughs> so it just went on and on and on. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <Aww>. That's, that's <laughs> Catholicism for you. Um, <laughs> no end of purgatory. Um, boy, this is just like the other green egg. Oh. <laughs> did you um, color them or did your dad color them? It was a it was a group project. Good. Yeah. I always liked coloring eggs with my father. And then then the other the other thing is that when we moved, um Easter eggs would be hidden. We we, we moved to much more sort of like woodsy uh area. Mm-hmm. And the eggs would be hidden and, and and we're getting a little bit bigger and the eggs would be hidden all around much more guaranteed like three weeks after Easter you would find an egg by its smell. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Lucky for me, I always liked hard boiled eggs. <laughs> that was that uh, was the, 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 the you know, the next two weeks after uh, after Easter was always egg salad sandwiches one day after the other. Mm-hmm. And I know you're probably making a face. Uh, well I don't yes. It's a, uh, boiled eggs are I, I actually said as I removed them from our employee meal window the other night, I, I really don't, I, I, I couldn't eat this unless, unless I had to because I was so hungry. I cannot stand boiled eggs, so oh. there you go. But I love coloring them, and um, so we always do that at Charleston. We sure. uh, All the cooks and I color the eggs, and we have done it every year since we've been open. And I love it because I don't, obviously, unfortunately, I don't have children to get to do that with. So, you know, uh, my cooks are my children. So there we go. We have fun. And of course, cooks make some pretty cool <laughs> uh, eggs. So we get all different types of dyes and stuff and we have fun with it. You you have a group that have uh, needs to express themselves for sure. Well, I have a bunch of artists working for me. Exactly. Of course. Of course. So, so what do you think, like, okay, flash the modern day. You have the memories that you have of food on, at Easter. What would you serve? What would you? What would you? What would you want on a menu? What would be the the right thing? Do you think at this moment? So I have, I have a couple of things that I think would be nice because again, you're entertaining. Undoubtedly, there's going to be a good amount of people or more people than you're used to cooking for. So you want to have things 
that are you can do ahead or that just come out of the oven right when the you know when you're ready things that people can nibble on this time of the year as we start to see some things coming up it would be nice to have you know a marinated mushroom salad but if that's if that's not your game it's nice to have some meats and and things out vegetables even if it is something so simple as uh, raw vegetables, you know, some delicious, we have delicious local carrots right now. Um, you know, maybe you do put some celery out because honestly, I love celery and it's less expensive than a lot of things right now. Maybe some uh, pickled onions that you pickled, um, you know, all kinds of vegetables. You could do zucchini. That's not an expensive thing. You could uh, boil it and toss it with extra virgin olive oil, some salt and pepper and a little bit of fresh basil, maybe have a little bit of grated Reggiano on it. But you could have all these fun little bowls of things. You could always add nuts to that because they give, give you protein and kind of keeps you from being really hungry. Or you could have some cheeses that you think are mild. Maybe you have a goat cheese out that's been marinated. Again, it could just be something so simple as a little bit of uh, cracked black pepper and a little a good extra virgin olive oil over the top. Um, maybe a couple pieces of rosemary in the oil for a moment or two and then removed. But, you know, I, th I love the idea of doing little tarts, um, or sorry, not little tarts, but a pan of tarts. So a good way a to do pan, that. A pan, a pan of, tarts. of tarts. What do you mean? So you can either do it upside down or right side up. Meaning that you could, in a casserole dish or one of your cake pans, whatever you prefer to use, or a half sheet pan that has sides on it, you could lay out uh, ricotta um, tossed with a little bit of goat cheese, mascarpone, chives, black pepper, and you could introduce asparagus because you will find it in the grocery store. And you could either lay the puff pastry down on the bottom of the, of the pan, um, you would want to put a little bit of uh, oil in the bottom of the pan, then lay out the sheet of puff pastry, dock it with a fork, brush it with egg wash, and then lay everything on top, which would be really pretty, especially with the, the cheeses on the bottom, lay the beautiful, you'd have to blanch the asparagus first, please, in highly salted water, um, and then shock it in ice water. And with asparagus, if you really should peel them, and also they're very pretty when they're peeled, cut the woody end off, peel them, blanch them in salted water, shock them. Then you can lay them on top of all that. Let's just do it the right way. So we'll do the puff pastry on the bottom. Then you could just bake that. It doesn't take but maybe 15 minutes or less, depending on how your oven operates. So um, you could probably even get that out in eight minutes. So something like that, then you just cut it and let people help themselves, put a little spatula in there. Or you could do it the opposite way, which is do something like zucchinis and tomatoes and good extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of garlic, shallot, uh, some herbs, some seasoning, and put the puff pastry on top of that. Um, I would get that mixture hot first and then lay the pastry on it, brush it with egg wash, and pop it in the oven. And that's a lot of fun because the pastry really rises. You do need to dock that pastry again. You don't want it to rise too high. You could always put a pan on top of it as well to keep it from going too too far up in the oven um but yeah. by docking the pastry what you mean is you're putting little holes in the pastry so that it doesn't rise as much as it does so before as, you as put anything it on, before you put anything on top of it you, you literally could do something as simple as poking a lot of holes with a fork in the dough right right and that's fine i mean that's an easy easy thing you can have that whole mixture ready to go you know have pull out the pastry it should be you want it to be frozen um it's, it can't be in your refrigerator. So it comes out of the freezer, let it thaw out for maybe two or three. It doesn't take long, like three minutes, four minutes, again, depending on how hot your kitchen is at the time. And, um, and then dock it, lay it on top, and, uh, and brush it with egg wash and bake it in a 
400 degree oven. On the Easter startup, you had me really well until you got to the, you know, I have like religious feelings about asparagus being best from the Eastern shore of Maryland and it's not quite available at Easter. So I don't know. I'm trying hard not to judge you, Cindy. Yeah, well, whatever, Tony. Uh, the rest of us don't have access. <laughs> the rest of us aren't all willing to drive all the way to the eastern shore and wait that long. So no, well, there's I mean, perfectly the, good asparagus in the grocery. I mean, well, just... you're, you're talking about missing <laughs> it by a, a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, well, and I'm yanking your chain. Yeah, I know. Well, and also, speaking of which, when you are looking at asparagus in the grocery, you want the tips to be fresh. If they are a little bit damaged or soft or looking... No, you, the more purple yeah. the tips are, the better yeah. off you are. Yep. So just look for crisp and fresh and perfect. Otherwise, don't buy it. You know, it's not for you. And look and see where it's from. You, yeah. if you Just south of here now, uh, in, in the next couple of weeks, there will be very decent asparagus. It will not be of the quality that mm-hmm. I would prefer to serve because it's not from the eastern shore of Maryland. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on the crudite thing. It's funny. My, my. Um, well, yours is sort of a a, a variation on that. Um, but w- with my girls, the about the only way they'll eat most vegetables is raw. So you That's you could good. literally lay out a giant platter of um, sweet peppers and cucumbers and uh, different kinds of radishes and. Um, it, I mean, it's comic how much they'll actually consume. Carrots, uh, celery. Celery's not the favorite, though. That and any kind of a dip. It's My, my eight-year-old has mastered her very particular uh, yogurt dip for veggies that she loves. That's great. So you're doing a crudite, too? Yeah. All right. I mean, for the, what about first course? I, I, I guess I just think, I think about just laying out things on the sideboard, you know? That's mm-hmm. that for... That's the way it was when I was a kid, and so that's always, and the whole, and I don't honestly want a ham. I want lamb. Me too. You know, I I, I want a really nicely roasted leg of lamb mm-hmm. on the bone. Definitely. That's going to be a pain in the butt to carve. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that's, that's you have to take it uh, a little beyond medium or the texture's not going to be right, and all the different muscles won't cook correctly. Um and you have to rest it long enough before you even begin to, to slice it. But that that that's what I want. I mean, and and done pretty simply, you know, just garlic and rosemary and and, and good seasoning. And you gotta get in there with the the salt and pepper and a little bit of, of right. good olive oil, and and really work that meat to get it seasoned correctly. Um, Gosh. I love leg of lamb. Mm-hmm. It's just so delicious, and it it is a little tricky because of all the different muscles that are in the yeah. leg. That's what you're but referring you, to when it goes but to just, just slice yeah, it. But if you slice cook, it thinly, yeah. you kind of pull it apart and slice it thinly, nice and, and thin. Yeah, that that's mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. Even when you slice it, you, you can you can pull those muscles a bit apart. You know, just kind of cut where they attach, lift and and slice things nice and thin. Um, but that. You know they'll have slightly different textures, and you can, you can lay them out attractively that way, um, or you can just you know take take the broader slices that yeah. that are available there. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up with that with that great bone to work with to make some stock with after the fact too. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. There's just so many wonderful things you can do. You can have great sandwiches the next day with leg of lamb and oh, make it. Oh, yeah. A oh my gosh. Cold lamb sandwich. I almost like that better than the lamb the well, day of because it's what, so much better than. <laughs> I, I want, it's funny, what, what I want. I want the lamb. I want the first little peewee potatoes, you know, little, little mm-hmm. tiny guys. Yeah. You know, with, with very, like, very first green onions and salt and pepper. I want them with their skins, literally just, like, steamed and, and either butter and good oil and, uh, and, like, half crushed. And your artichoke gratin, that's what I want. That was, you started making that this winter, and it's amazing. Would, would you give the recipe for that? Because that's, I want potatoes, sure. I want artichokes, I want lamb, and I want really good red wine, and I don't want to talk about anything else. All right. Uh, It's pretty easy to make, especially if you use canned artichokes, um, which, you know, you may want to do. Of course, I use fresh artichokes, which is not easy. Um, But with fresh artichokes, get smaller ones um, if you can possibly find them. Um, And you have to cut the top of the artichoke off. It has all those little thorny things in the leaves. And those leaves aren't good to eat anyway. Those are the ones that you like to pull off and run your mouth over and just eat that little bit at the end. Um, So... Cut the tops off. Please make sure your knife is sharp and in good condition, that it's a heavy-duty knife. It should be um, a, a, a longer paring knife that you would use um, and a sturdy one, not a flexible one. And uh, cut that off. Cut the very end of the uh, stem off, just a little bit, like a quarter of an inch, just just enough to clean up the end of that artichoke stem. And uh, we cook ours in water, um, a little bit of bay leaf, whole black peppercorns, Lots of fresh lemon juice, a decent amount of of extra virgin olive oil. So for a pot of water that has, let's say, two gallons of water, we would put about two cups of extra virgin olive oil. Uh, Carrot, celery, onion. So your mirepoix, obviously with carrots, you peel them, you cut the uh, root end off, discard that, and cut it into large pieces. Celery, and wash it well because celery can hold a good bit of dirt towards the root end. Um, And uh, uh, onion. Uh, obviously peeled and cut into large pieces. Add that, and then we also add probably a couple cups of white wine. So you have lemon juice, white wine, water. Yeah, all those are all your liquids. And you could use chicken stock if you have it instead of the water. That's up to you. Um, And then we cook them until they're tender, and then you have to do some more trimming up. The harder outside leaves, and I would cut the stem off of the artichoke. All these things can be used to make soup. And so just put those on the side. You do need to remove the choke from the inside as well, which is that feathery piece right at the base of the, what's called the bottom of the artichoke. It's on the inside. That that sounds sort of weird, but it's on the inside of the artichoke. It's at the heart of the artichoke. And um, then you should be able, they should have cooked long enough that you can now crush what's left in your hand. And that's all I do is just gently uh, sort of break them up in my hand and put them in a bowl. And I, in a separate bowl, I take mayonnaise, fresh lemon juice, whole gray mustard, a little bit of pepper, and um, then I just mix the two together. We add a little bit of Reggiano and bake it. That's how we handle that. And you can do that in a casserole dish and um, bake it at 325 until it's nice and hot and bubbly. And so I thought about doing that and giving it a tiny bit of breadcrumb to finish, you know, just to just to 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 gratinate it a little bit on top, but yeah, that's I have loved that. So. But for some reason, lamb and artichokes is the thing that tells me, okay, spring is upon us. It's really here. And while right. artichokes Absolutely. are tricky wine match, lamb invites all kinds of stuff. 
you know, Lamb wants um, rich, soft Bordeaux sent to Midian from a couple of, you know, 8, 10, 12 years ago, or uh, uh, Chateauneuf de Pop. I know mm-hmm. that you would love that. Or maybe Definitely. Barbaresco will be delicious. But yeah, there's, there's a range of. I tasted a Washington State wine recently uh, that I think would do well. Relatively young. I think it's 17 vintage. Andrew Will is the producer, and he's done a lot of good things with Bordeaux over idols in Washington State. And there's a, a bottling from the Two Blondes Vineyard that is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, mm-hmm. Cabernet Franc, and Merlot uh, blended. It's really first class. Sounds good. All right, when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine, we're going to move from Easter into a segment I'm very excited about. It's called Cindy Pack My Lunch on <laughs> Formula Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPR. Welcome back to Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, I think I cut you short a course or two on uh, on Easter. Yeah, I, I think it would be wonderful to have a crab soup. We, we should have local hard crabs soon, and you can certainly get them from other parts of the East Coast. So if you want to make your own stock, and which is the best way to make crab soup, you cut up the crabs and you saute them in a pan a wide bottom pan, heavy, heavy duty pan and, and corn oil until they turn red and start to look good. Then add mirepoix, uh, carrot, celery, and onion, water, tomato paste, bay leaf, and peppercorn, and let that stock work for about two hours. Then strain it through a good strainer and set it aside. Now you want to chop, you, now you put on your soup pot, again, heavy duty, hopefully stainless steel, um, butter melts in the bottom, add chopped shallot and onion. A little bit of carrot is nice in the soup, so I add that as well. And it should be about 70% onion, let's say 15% carrot and 15% shallot. That would be nice to have in there and, and uh, some celery. So work that um, and then don't get any color. Then add your stock and reduce it down until it's about an inch. You want it to become thick and really flavorful. You don't want it to be watery or you're gonna have no consistency to your soup. And then add cream and add a touch, like a little bit of ground nutmeg, a little bit of cayenne pepper, a little bit of black pepper, and uh, maybe a couple tablespoons of tomato paste. And just let that work. And if you feel like you need a roux, which is butter and flour used as a thickening agent, add a touch of roux to the soup to thicken it a little bit. Then you need to cook it another 30 minutes after the roux is added. Uh, Finish with a beautiful Amontillado sherry or a favorite sherry of yours and um, do that off the heat. I like it to go in uh, fresh and and then either blend the soup or pass it through a strainer, up to you. And then just garnish with crab meat. It, it it is a great excuse to to serve if if that is being served, let's say like a first course. Um, it's a great excuse to to find an interesting sherry and if, and use something like if you're using amontillado, um, you know so that that's what you want to serve a, a light, clean, fresh amontillado, and make it a little bit cooler. 
the same way that you would, uh, not cold like you think of white wine, but at least cellar temperature, make it a little bit cooler. It'll be more aromatic and be really super charming to have with the soup. So for another first course, or if you want to have a bunch of courses, or you just want to, as you said, put some things out on the sideboard, you could do a shrimp salad. And I know that's not the most, you know, oh, wow, that's so different. But I don't know, it just sounds so good to me, especially if you're going to end up with lamb. Um, it's nice to have some a cold seafood salad. And you could always add scallops to it if you like. But I love shrimp, um, a little bit of tarragon, very finely chopped shallot, celery, mayonnaise, lime juice and um honestly you can call it a day you could add cucumber to that if you wanted to if you wanted to lay out slices of tomato i know we're, we're not in tomato season but if you know again if you happen to have some that were nice but uh, let's let's say you don't have that um you could always garnish with a side bowl of watercress which is so refreshing and a little spicy and so you could just have a beautiful big old bowl of watercress tossed with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil and they could you know combine the two things together themselves or maybe somebody doesn't want the shrimp they could just have a nice pretty little green salad um yeah so that's just a an, another little thing you can have ready to go and um you know steam the shrimp yourself buy a high quality domestic shrimp and you're going to have something really yummy for everyone. What size? I like for shrimp salad, I like a 26, 30 count shrimp or a 16, 20. 16, 20s are good size. I mean, they're, you know, you're probably going to cut those. They're pretty big. Yeah. You're going to probably cut those into three. Um, pieces in order to make shrimp salad 26 30s will be less expensive and probably a better size it kind of depends on you know do you want it to be like you know kind of show offy and you know maybe even leave the shrimp whole uh and lay them out with the mayonnaise and um you know just have a pretty display or if you really want to have a more traditional shrimp salad i'd go with the 26 30 count shrimp all right, and I guess then you cap off the meal with a variety of chocolate bunnies and all that sort of business, right? <laughs> exactly. I think there's an Easter basket somewhere. People are going to um, be raiding. You know? Yeah, that's the, the <laughs> whole like choice between chocolate bunnies and angel food cake. Angel food cake always loses. <laughs> um, so let's go to I – w- I was packing lunch for my girls. Mm-hmm. And – I try to do things that are a little bit adventurous at times, and I try to utilize leftovers. And I'm thinking, well, that's that's pretty universal, you know. And I want it to be healthful, and that's pretty universal. So, Cindy Wolf, 13-time nominated for James Beard Award, <laughs> famous chef. If you had to pack lunch for a child or a grown-up, what would you pack? Mm. Okay. So I would do chicken for sure, because it's, you know, as long as there's a way nowadays, I'm sure there is to put an ice pack in there and keep this product safe temperature, temperature wise. Yeah, there is a way. Yeah. So I want, I want chicken with uh, olive oil, capers, cordal olives, a little bit of finely chopped shallot. (laughs) This would be this would be the adult version. Are you no, talking about is, chicken salad? I, hey, my mother, yes I am. My mother used to send me off to school with a wedge of iceberg lettuce um and nothing I could trade with anybody. So if my mom could do that to me, <laughs> if I had a kid, they would be eating the chicken salad Mediterranean style that I love to make that I think everyone else would like to eat at home too. And there's nothing wrong with it because also if I had a child, they would eat anything that I made. That is not ever be. possible. <laughs> that that right. is a fantasy. 
well, to end all anyway, fantasies. That's what I would have. And then I would give them celery sticks. And I would also have cashews in there for sure because they're good for you. Or pecans or walnuts or something. And um, I would definitely make a little, little tiny green salad of upland cress and a little bit of finely chopped romaine and what else? Whole gray mustard mayonnaise. Yeah. So here's what's going to happen. You smash it all together. Here's what's going to happen. That, that is an adult lunchbox. That is not a child, <laughs> one. And, uh-huh. and two, for the adult lunchbox, one of the realities is you can put that stuff together, but you have to put, find a, a container small enough to still fit in there mm-hmm. uh, and not leak the dressing and have the dressing. Oh, I can handle all of that. And That's the container that has the salad has to be one such that it can be shaken so that you can get everything dressed. Oh, there's plenty of containers out there. Yeah, That's not I an just, issue. Just, just, yeah, yeah, we just, got it. Well, there's, then the there's some thing, practical things you have to think about. How about a grilled cheese sandwich that you eat cold for children? So I'm have thinking- Have you ever had cold grilled gruyere? cheese? Yeah, it can be really good, especially if you put cream cheese in there. We, uh-huh. Okay, okay, uh-huh. okay, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, oh, that's, oh that, yeah. You just upset me. All right, all right, all right. We'll go in a different direction. I think tomato soup would be awfully nice in a thermos for a child. So, you know, a good tomato soup, um, yeah, you just saute a little bit of onion and shallot, work it, add, um, you can use a product uh, from Pommy. Uh, they have a strained tomato that's very, very good. Um, and then, and it's neutral, so you can add anything you like to it. If the child actually likes basil, you could wave some basil through that tomato soup, um, a little bit of chicken stock and a touch of cream, salt and pepper. If they like spicy food, hit it with a little Tabasco. And um, I mean, that's totally satisfying. So just to have something like that, and, and maybe you do send them off with a little grilled chicken breast and some, you know, fresh vegetables and, or I don't know, you know, you could give them an avocado cut in half that you cut in half and remove the pit, um, rub it with a little lemon juice and um, really cover it well with plastic wrap. You might be able to get away with that. Um, you could even slice it in the shell for them and leave it in the, the shell, the avocado. And um, and then they could play with that with their little chicken, grilled chicken pieces or sautéed chicken pieces, and have a little so, tomato soup. Okay, couple of notes. One thing is kid love kids love lots of little packages of several of stuff they can just <laughs> pop in their mouth. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, the Toronto olives, mild olives, have a nice chew to them, right? Pitted. Um, having to pit olives for a, a little one is like oh dad um that's tough uh cherry tomatoes when they're in season very popular move sliced cucumbers in a little container of hummus Uh very popular move the peppers sweet peppers the same way also um sandwiches you gotta get it exactly right because sandwiches get soggy especially if you're keeping them cold so you gotta watch yourself on that one Mm -hmm. it has to be one that can allow for for that um i mean for me you, you were talking about lamb earlier the cold lamb that my favorite sandwich of all time uh is a cold lamb sandwich and i want crusty bread i want nice garlicky aioli uh lots of lamb raw red onion uh some chopped green olives so what and, was wrong uh, with my chicken salad <laughs> Oh, that, that, uh-huh. that, I'm, I'm talking about for me. Oh. Packing lunch for a child oh. is different than packing oh. lunch for me. Okay. okay. Because for me, like, I mean, and, and 
that would get the, the, the bread on the top piece would get some oil and some vinegar and some, and some uh, dried herbs. And then in my thermos would be uh, like a cool red wine from uh, Umbria. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, you know, what kind of job do you have? That's, I, I, ha- I have a job that requires sustenance. Apparently. And, and happiness. All right. You know. Okay. And uh, I mean, if, if 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 I'm gonna put in the thermos what I want to put in the thermos, that mm-hmm. that like for my for my kids, I would put uh, pasta vajoli in the thermos. Yes, that's now you good. you you have the good pasta vajoli. That's my recipe. That's very satisfying. It's delicious. It's very. got good protein. There's there's I mean, frankly, with good stock, uh, lots of chickpeas in that one because they're just loaded with nutrients. Um. You know, chickens. lots of veggies hiding in there mm-hmm. that don't upset anybody. Peas and green beans and... Yeah, it can be peas. It could be uh, yeah. uh, not green beans so much, but you can hide lots of carrots and celery and onions and, okay. and uh, in that soup. And um, I always make that, that broth is always with a little bit of tomato and a little bit of saffron. And... If they can really see what's going on, they're not going to do that. You know, they're, they're going to wonder about that. Why is this a little bit yellow or a little bit pink? But if they're just drinking from a thermos and it's good, you know, that That's works. Great. Yeah, sounds good. What about pastry? What do you send them out with? Do you give them that, or they're not allowed to have it, or how's that um, work? Handful of peanuts, um, small chocolate-covered somethings. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are popular. Tiny packages of gummy bears. I mean, that, sometimes you just have to, you know, go in that direction. Very easy, easy, easy thing to make is banana bread. And a slice of banana bread with chocolate chips in it, that can be pretty helpful, you know. And, and, and again, loaded with... Still seems with, fun. Yeah, you, you can control the sugar, and the, the banana is going to provide a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you use dark chocolate chips so again it's not loaded with sugar you know you use good dairy products and and good flour and and good eggs and mm-hmm. that's easy and that's a that's a very happy like unwrap an ice piece with the sort of sweet crust on it i like the idea of sending them with cheese you know maybe something that's not too funky obviously but you know i wonder if children would enjoy you know cheese and grapes and i would not want to be the child that pulled even potentially smelly cheese or a potentially smelly hard-boiled egg out of my lunch. I would be the kid that would want to eat them, mm-hmm. but I would not want to eat them around my classmates. Mm-hmm. You'd have to go out and outside and go to the park. Well, you know, I think, I think it's all about health in the end. I mean, I assume you can also send them with yogurt and things like that. And, um, but, yeah, yeah the, sort of totally. the, fan- the fantasy lunch to me, you, would be, you know, something that's... Oh, you want your fancy Mediterranean chicken salad. Well, no, what I want is, like, lobster <laughs> and chilled lobster and, um, you know, some great saffron mayonnaise and... Lobster salad with avocados and mandarin, yeah. I yeah, that sounds good to me. You know, a lot of citrus <laughs> fruit, and that would be my ideal, um, you know, maybe a little a little uh, truffle slice of, as you call it, uh, crispy bread and, and a good piece of butter and... That would be a great lunch, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, that's yeah. I'm 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 definitely gonna tuck a little bit of uh, of uh, Sagrantino in a thermos to have with my uh, lamb sandwich lunch. 
I'll send you a photograph. Maybe a little pomegranate with that lamb sandwich. <laughs> that would be nice. All right, Cindy. All now right. it's we have things we have to do. We're gonna have to go now. Okay. If you want to listen to this episode of Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine again, or if you missed any parts or you want to listen to one of the others, you can go to the WIPR website, WIPR.org. Look for the Foreman Wolf page, and there's a whole list of goodies there for you. If you want to email, correspond with us, it's foremanwolf at WIPR.org. And if you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram as Chef Wolf. My Instagram is the real Tony Foreman. And thank you for listening. Happy Sunday. <laughs>